0: this is real talk with coach valerie malone your source of empowering ideas and actionable strategies for life business and leadership join your host valerie malone leadership coach and motivational speaker on a journey to unlocking your true potential
1: Rebecca, thank you so much for being here with us. You're a therapist. Um, I love the, the the tagline that you have: feel good in your mind and body, so that you can thrive in life without dieting, guilt, or restriction. So happy to have you in my podcast today. Thank you so much,
0: Valerie. I'm honored to be here. Yeah, so i help big-hearted women to gain confidence in their bodies and their food choices so that they can live in alignment with their highest self their highest purpose and i do this because i myself went through a very intense eating disorder where i almost died at age 11 Mm -hmm. and it was a long journey it was a winding journey and i'm here now after i mean i healed myself i think most therapists go into that to heal themselves and it's just a real gift to do what i do and i know you feel the same way about your work i do
1: i do and and (laughs) what gives me the pleasure to have this opportunity to have amazing expert like yourself from all over the place to share their journey of entrepreneurial as well as their stories so our listeners can listen and at least feel like, okay, first of all, I'm not alone. Second of all, there's Mm -hmm. some things that they can do in order to change their life, which is this is what this channel is all about. We wanted to encourage all men and women to um, look at themselves and anything that they're stuck in their life, whether it's relationship, career, health, anything. You're not alone, and we're here to help you as much as we can, and then after that, you can take the next step and ask for help. But thank you so much for saying that. Now, I mean, you had a conversation before, and you're a very interesting person. Like you said, you suffer from, um, you know, eating disorder at a very young age, which must have been very, very hard, and especially back then, because people really didn't talk about it as much, you know, they didn't know Mm -hmm. what it was. Tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, it I mean Karen Carpenter back in the day she was like the first woman who died from it in the media so that like highlighted it but you're right like there there it wasn't talked about um as much or, or as readily as it is now and um for me it was more than just about food it, mm-hmm. it was it was multifactorial but predominantly I would say trauma based and genetics Uh, they say like genetics loads the gun but it's the environment that pulls that trigger so my grandma struggled with an eating disorder so i grew up watching this being modeled and then i was also in this very high achieving family system with a lot of pressures a lot of beauty too but my father had his own mental health and trauma-based struggles so trauma as we know in my field it's passed down uh, intergenerationally and i used food as a means to control quote unquote my the things in my life that felt very much out of control
1: mm. You know, uh, one thing that I, I I wanted to bring to your attention, and I'm sure you're familiar with, and you hear a lot, but a lot of people don't realize it. In today's society, a lot of people talk about overweight and overeating and eating uh, emotional eating and all of that, but very few people come out and say that. You know, like um, underweight or like not eating so much. And that's not as popular as overeating and being fat. So, this image of like, you know, we represent in today's society is very confusing for young people. But, you yeah. know, it can hurt as much as if you tell a person that you're fat and you're, you know, like this, as you say that you're skinny and you're yeah. not eating, right?
0: yeah it reinforces this thin ideal in america where we're trying to put people in a box women in particular label them hysterical and so on and so forth it's i mean i could go off on really the systemic issues of this but i'll spare you that
1: (laughs) uh yeah that's uh, i just want you to you know think about it because my daughter always says because one of my daughters she's she's uh tall and she's skinny so uh when when people goes out when she goes out people tell her like oh my god you're so skinny you're so skinny and then she's like i, I that actually hurts me that actually hurt my feeling because it just as as a physique call me i'm fat
0: yeah i I think as a rule of thumb it's important to not comment on women's bodies like (laughs) let's talk about their values and how intelligent they are and you're absolutely right valerie because it it can the pendulum can swing both ways and it's not constructive to say you're either overweight underweight um we have to have a different conversation because like the bmi scale like someone could technically be in range but they're using um self-starvation or um laxatives amphetamines so on and so forth to get to that desired weight so it's really that does not mean that
1: you're quote healthy Absolutely. It doesn't define you. So that's why we have a wonderful Rebecca here. So I'm going to jump in and start with your entrepreneurial journey. And I'm going to ask you a question. Uh-huh. So now you're, um, for people that like, I know this is going to be audio. Uh, you're such an amazing person as, as a person, but you're also very, very beautiful. Oh, very thank beautiful. you. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I want people to kind of visualize, put two and two together, not that your mind is beautiful, but also you're, as, you're very, very healthy looking and very beautiful woman, um, when people see you now, um, they think that, oh, my God, she's, you know, she's so established. Everything is great. Everything is working for her. What are some obstacles that you have to go through when you start your entrepreneurial journey and then and transitioning from, you know, having your own problem and dealing with that and then
0: right.
1: all of a sudden making yourself so valuable to not only take care of yourself, but teaching other people about this? Yeah
0: i used to compare like myself to others and be like oh she has it all and i totally hear what you're saying it's easy to do that uh for me oh gosh there have been a lot of obstacles i would say but the risk of making that choice to forge my own path and to create my own private practice because i wanted more control over who i served how i did my work things like that so it was a mindset or a shift of like my belief in this is far deeper than my fear and believe me there was fear like we all on this journey have so and i just i I also learning how to delegate tasks like in in the first phase of business we're like oh i'm gonna do it all and that doesn't work (laughs) as you grow Uh, it's like again releasing that control whether it's with food and body or in your business? Where can we surrender a little bit more? That's kind of, that's been a huge lesson in business for me. Wow.
1: Wow. <laughs> it's almost like a personal thing, even going to your business, which is so important for entrepreneurs to remember, remember that that is the most important part mm. of this journey. Now, a lot of entrepreneurs are like, um, I, I've been interviewing a lot of people, I've been working with a lot of coaches. Um, they're going from the job of nine to five, and then all of a sudden they decide to become their own boss and, and create their own business. Uh, but in the middle of mix of all of that, they become like really uh, either competitive, that they've huh. leaving their personal life behind and kind of like neglecting that, or they just like burned. out out completely and yeah. they just like give up altogether. so a new business did you had any of those moments that you said what the hell did i do <laughs> more than i can actually
0: count yes and in my industry it's the burnout rate is very high i think statistically speaking after five years a lot of clinicians are out out of the game kind of thing uh so to me self-care which is more than just bubble baths but also include bubble baths it it's it's taking care of myself deeply so that i can show up for my clients because our presence as healers is our power like we can learn all the tools and yes i have all the education training blah blah blah, but it's like what kind of energy are you going to bring to that moment Mm -hmm. And and I have had to learn how to embody and channel that energy in a way that suits both myself and my clients
1: which is very interesting this is like the second time today i hear that self-love is this bubble bet we talked about the bubble bath and all of that and it's not that's part of it okay yeah that's good that feels good but um let's take it to a different direction self-love self-growth self-respect all that it's been thrown around a lot lately especially after pandemic because people reflect on themselves what is the definition of self-love for you what does that mean and what what do people should look because a lot of people like you said they get that fluffy thing that if I get my hair done, my nails done, and I have a bubble bath and that I'm taking care of myself, but it's more than that. Right. Mm,
0: It, it really is to me. Self-love is doing what you say and what you mean, uh, keeping the promises that you make to yourself, setting boundaries. I mean, it's, it's, there's so much to self-care, but making yourself a priority because you can't pour from that empty cup and and i've had to learn that and a lot of my clients have to learn that too because they're people pleasers they're perfectionists high achieving and there's nothing wrong with being a high achiever you can have those big goals i encourage that but is it to your detriment because that's going against your natural intuition and your body you've got to learn how to co-create with this sacred vessel that you have on this earth and That's how I've been able to shift into a more loving, accepting, and self-care state of mind in my own existence.
1: Which includes a lot of, you include a lot of this to your training with with the clients. That mindset is like, I I would say a lot of time, 80% versus like, you know, talk about the food and, and the guilt of food. So now let's talk about, let's talk about food. Let's talk about like, who are your clients? And then when they come to you, what do they look like and what do they say? What are some of the problems that they have? So if somebody's listening right now, they can recognize that they need help or mm-hmm. like and in general, just to understand that that doesn't define you as who you are. You don't have to be trapped on that, um, you know, jail within yourself right. to come out and express yourself and understand what it is.
0: My clients are, again, high achieving, like type A women who've, they they've really figured out certain aspects like their vocational realms in their lives but their struggles have been with like maybe how they relate to a partner and just feeling like they're always tired and burned out their adrenals they may not know it but are burned out and there are a whole host of wellness things that I mean, just issues that we need to deal with, like nutritional deficiencies after years and years of chronic dieting. And they believe that their their weight is their worth. And that's why we start with like the mindset, even though it's probably in marketing land, not very sexy to be like, and here we start with mindset because everyone wants like the, the quick fix recipe guide and I have all of that in my course, but it starts with the mindset. Like you
1: said, like you said, Valerie. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> the exterior image is like so easy to look at. But is beyond that. Um, we talk about food in a, such a way that it's almost becoming ugly, you know and people making it so complicated. I noticed that your system and you talking about it is, is not that hard, it's very simple. Mm-hmm. It's the simplicity of how you educate people that is not, food is not bad, but you just have to have education. Oh. So for people that are looking at right now, that like you said, I love that. I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that That million diets out there and they are doing one after another and one after another, all mm-hmm. like you saying that their weight is like their personality image. What would you right. say to those people? Like, what is, why is the conversation about food is so hard?
0: Because they're being guided to the wrong messages, in my opinion. Like, it's really looking at the whole clinical picture and mm-hmm. how to optimize the body. Because it, it we needn't look at like a calories in, calories out model. It's, are you able to digest and assimilate the nutrients that you're taking in Um, are you enjoying spiritually the food and connecting with your food on a day in and day out basis versus just like mindly scrolling instagram eating on the go like there's a lot to it and that's why it's important to have like a deeply methodical way of doing this and and that's what that's what my gift is and in helping women to do that because again it's like the mindset first and then we go into these embodied sacred practices and and rituals that connect you deeper more deeply to your body and then we once once the mind body stuff is going we look at the thrive and how to to look at what what you came here to do Wants like the food body um, obsession is no longer taking over.
1: The mindset of it that's that's great. What what that's what people do. They are like more thinking about the food I have. To, it's not as like I was, some people look at it as survival. Other people are looking at it as in like enjoyment, and the other ones are just very very critical. Tell me a little bit about the enjoyment of food. I love what you said. People eat on the run. They're like looking at their Instagram or they're working or they're not breaking. They say, oh, I'm a multitasker and I and I, you know, I do everything. And we now like been talked about it more than before, that it's really not a good thing. What's the difference between somebody sitting in front of the computer and eating and working or, or scrolling on the break time on the Instagram versus like just putting your food in front of you and eating? Like what are some benefits and some things that people don't understand psychologically when it comes to that?
0: right i mean we've been trained to believe that we have to hustle 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 and our worth is not only based on you know how we look in the body but like external merit and we're just really wreaking a lot of havoc on our central nervous system and we're dysregulated in our emotions and in our body we're i mean like i remember my mom would she told me that back when i was struggling i was always a few steps in front of my body. I was not embodied and that was true. And it's true for a lot of the people that I serve. And when we're not eating with that kind of presence, and I'm not saying you have to be like Martha Stewart and get all the napkins and like make it totally perfect here. Cause again, this is not about perfection, but, but how can you deeply connect to your experience in this life and, and feel passionate about every single thing that you do, whether that's how you eat, how you love, how you immerse yourself in your talents. Uh, It's about feeling electric and alive. And when we use food to flatten our lives, we're gonna get this flat life. And I don't, I don't want to live like that. I want to be big and bold. And yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at. And I,
1: I know you are too yeah and that's why we've connected yeah absolutely absolutely well i love food and and i feel like you know we're so blessed to have the opportunity to eat everything that we want with moderation and understanding the psychologically Mm -hmm. behind it of what it is and more importantly for people that don't understand having awesome people like yourself to educate us and to say that you know what is the food for yes our body needs food but if you can do it in a positive way, not so much in a negative of self-image yeah. or you're worth worthy of how you look and you can connect those two together. So, um, and you said that your clients are people that are high achievers that are like coming in, but they're like, are they like nutritiony suffering from the nutrition perspective or from overeating, from under eating or just general and too many diets out there that are they sick of it?
0: they tend to vacillate between the binge diet cycle. So it's like they have these periods where they deem themselves as being good, although there is no moralistic component as they'll learn, uh, but being quote unquote, good with food, but then um, understandably, they binge later on that evening, which is always at night, um, mm-hmm. because their bodies are not being adequately nourished. So And then they feel tons of guilt and shame as a result. And then the diet is always starting Monday kind of thing. And it, instead of looking at like life is happening now, why wait to learn how to have a harmonious relationship with food? Because when you do that, it's you, you heal so many other facets of your life too not the least of which it's like we need food to live and to optimize and to have mental acuity and so on and so forth. Plus it's the great connector, food.
1: Yes. I'm
0: I'm going on a tangent here. No, 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 that's great.
1: That's great. But I I need people to understand that, like you said, that the connection between spiritual of being in your body and being in a present moment and understanding the taste of the food the variety of the mm-hmm. food you, you put um so there's like i said the diet um since it is a really, really big topic especially among women and that's why i love that when we had a conversation and i was like i definitely have to bring you over here and talk about this because when it comes to diet there's so many diets out there there's so many so if somebody is listening to this episode and saying rebecca like like you said, I'm starting workout Monday. I'm gonna start my diet Monday. I'm on this diet, didn't work. That diet didn't work. In general, with that information coming into you, what 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 is the direction you would say? Like, what is some tip that you can give somebody that is uncomfortable with their body, but mostly with their mindset of when it comes to food and diet and all of that stuff?
0: I would honor where they're at and their experience because I've been there, and that's helpful in terms of like gaining rapport. But then I would educate them about why diets don't work and how that's the first step of building a truly intuitive and mindful relationship with food in that. And by first step, I mean, like giving up the diet, that it doesn't have to be this rigid black and white all in all out mentality there's a different way of viewing this and in turn nourishing yourself on all levels so and yeah I would go in too with like your your diet isn't starting on Monday your diet starts now or your you know intuitive eating diet and yeah just being more mindful that's what it is it's like a presence of sorts but yeah it's 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 a lot you can't expect to have a loving relationship with your body by hating it by starting in with this framework of i want to control and beat my body into submission by either restricting or using food to numb what's really underneath everything Ah. and there's there's a lot I'm um,
1: sure every one of us have that, but I love that what you said restricting your body from. A lot of time when we restrict ourselves, that's actually as makes us a more desirable toward it, right? Have you find that in your practice that when people go to on a diet and they like, okay, do I don't I don't want to eat sweet or I'm gonna cut down on a carb, and then they're good for like a couple of months, and then after that they goes uh, one more of that. Now, when somebody work with you, do you like individualize based on their who they are and what their lifestyle is, or in general? you teach them what
0: really great question valerie and i try not to be a generalist i i do try to individualize there's certainly the option of like group coaching and i open that once a year uh, where we're all immersed in this community doing the work but the best way to work together is I would say scheduling that discovery call so that I can hear about your goals and your needs and understanding your body type and any, I mean, we could do a real deep dive and look at uh, any nutritional deficiencies because when we look at the nutritional aspects paired with like talk therapy, I mean, it's powerful stuff. It really is. And a lot of times, people who are in self starvation mode or they're vacillating between the diet binge cycle, they're low on aminos, they're low on zinc, vitamin B, and magnesium, the list goes on. Mm-hmm. And when you are properly and adequately nourished, that's when you can really dive in and do that work
1: that's the key. That's the important key. Because like you said, general, the people are, we hear about it and you're not generalist, which is amazing because everybody looks different. They feel different. Mm-hmm. Their size are different. So, uh, one thing does not work for everybody. No, absolutely not. And in society, that's what we were introduced as one guy's coming, everybody goes, but that's might not necessarily be good for you. And like you said, a lot of these, um, overeating or undereating can come in with a lot of trauma and a lot of stuff that, um, um, people go through. So mm-hmm. I would say for people that are doing that emotional eating, what is emotional eating?
0: You know, I've been recently rethinking that because it's okay. like, that almost is a judgment in and of itself. Like of course, eating is an emotional experience, right. and that's a good thing. Like there's, there can be joy in all of that. But to answer your question, I think the way that it's characterized in in this healing milieu is that it, emotional eating is when we are feeling controlled by food instead of actually being the ones who are in control, and it's causing us to isolate or to feel badly about ourselves and to hide in shame and when we hide and don't reach out for help or connect with others who are sharing perhaps a similar experience and trust me there are many that's like a petri dish for shame to only continue and it becomes this self-sustaining cycle or self-fulfilling prophecy and so that's a roundabout way of answering, but that's how I view emotional eating in the negative terms.
1: Yeah. Because like a lot of people talk about when they talk about emotional eating is almost like you said, a shame. And it's like, you have a problem, you know, right. we, you have a problem. And I'm glad you said that, like, it's, we are having this emotional feeling when it comes to eating, it's just how you mm-hmm. perceive it. You know a
0: hundred percent yes i love that uh there's a line in a course in miracles and it's like what you are what you think you are is a thought to be undone and mm. it's a whole process of like mental training or unlearning we learn these things in diet culture in even just our educational system that as i view it we need to unlearn <laughs>
1: Oh, my God, it's so important. It's so funny because Brad Pitt, one of the the actor, uh, when um, I learned some, I read some facts about him and one of them was really, really interesting that he said that every time he has to have movie, he has to have something to eat. He said that one thing I would not do if I have, if I'm doing a movie, I want to be able to eat, you know. But there, go back to that perception of how eat. If you are eating a lot and you love food, your body actually is, those food and everything gonna turn to nutrition and actually enjoying it. Versus like I'm an emotional eater. I every right. time I get obsessed, uh, you know, I eat. I mean, I uh, I was talking to a dietitian uh, one time. Uh, I was interviewing her, and she said something really beautiful. And she said that when you watch TV with your favorite show, that's my favorite thing to do. Like, you know, get my bowl of ice cream and, and and watch my favorite show. But a lot of people look at us, oh my God, like, you know, I'm sitting on the couch, watching a movie, eating an ice cream. That mentality, what makes it or breaks it?
0: That's right. We're far too quick to pathologize in America and to label things as good or bad uh, when in fact, things can be done with intentionality. When we are intentional, whether that's through our food choices, or I mean, even like you said, sitting on the couch, watching a one hour of whatever it is that you watch and having that ice cream and truly enjoying it, that's the key here. uh, Because it's when we tell ourselves, I can't have that ice cream or that one hour of just being that makes us obsess over that it's just psychology 101.
1: (laughs) No, you're right. You're right. Because intention is not there. But what we heard and automatically the mind brings that and says, Oh, you're not supposed to sit down. You're not supposed to have this ice cream. You're wasting a lot of time, all these negative stuff comes in. And that's why mindset comes first. And that's what you do. You train. Mm -hmm the mindset like you said unlearn yeah. everything that you learned about diet about yes. food throw it in the garbage and then let's start <laughs> to get to know you and what your body mm-hmm. wants and what mm-hmm. makes you happy and yeah. stop calling it a problem stop calling it addiction stop calling it a suppressing your feeling because of something else it might be that mm-hmm. but we get away with that also you know that 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 Words that we say to ourselves, okay, you know what, uh, I'm yeah. emotional eating. Yeah, really that You kind of like putting your real problem under the rug.
0: Yeah, as in you're not getting your needs met, and you're not like, I mean, there's a really long list of things that that could be underneath that, and that's why we have to take that deeper dive if you really want that lasting, I guess, weight loss or weight management. Because now I easily. I'm able to maintain what feels comfortable for me. I don't step on the scale, I don't diet. And you know, it's just, I I feel very blessed in my life. And that's the result of conscious and deliberate intention and working with people who, we're even just maybe a few steps ahead of me, but mm-hmm. were there to guide me during a time when I needed it most and when I was open to it.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, which everybody should be. So yeah. um I'm driving a car and I'm listening to right now. I'm not happy with my body. I am eating, but I don't know what the problem is. Um, those people that are like aware of that they kind of have a I would say I don't like to use the word problem. they are aware that they need to do something in order to feel better, but yet they don't know where to start. Give us some tip on what are the, the, the recognition of what are the uh, uh, key thing that we have to look at first to recognize, okay, I don't feel good. I need to do something right. And then listening to you today and then do something that can say, Oh, wow, I tried what she said and I feel amazing yeah. and I'm going to continue doing that
0: really great question and i love making this work accessible so the first part i would say is if you don't have money for therapy or anything like that start with like uh like i love the intuitive eating workbook as well as the eight keys to recovery workbook those are foundational um and and then just building a mindfulness based practice where you notice your thoughts because thoughts impact our emotional state which in in turn impact the how our play or how our life really plays out so instead of be being this actor in your life where you feel like you have no control over the script become the producer of your life where you're noticing quality of your thoughts and and not actually just getting swept away in them so often people who struggle with this eating with eating disorders or disordered eating they're caught in this a lot of cognitive distortions they like should statements or overgeneralization feeling like there's just this never-ending pattern of defeat in their lives Um, so when you you ask better questions and are more mindful about these thoughts you're able to effectively and more rapidly reframe them so that they serve you and in turn serve the world you're able to do what you were always meant to do
1: that's great that's great and i will add to that tell me if you agree with me the fact Mm -hmm. that you're listening to this episode that means that your body is alerting you that there's something out there that you can't do about it, just the awareness of those thoughts that keep coming in your mind. Because obviously, if you do intentionally that you don't have attention of what you're doing, you continue doing and like you said, it becomes so hard and like, I can't stop this. But the fact that you just the first step of realizing that, okay, I need to do something about it, just by hearing the words and like, huh, like that that little ha ah, moment, that even that is, is a win, is a big win to realize that I can I can relate to this conversation, wouldn't mm-hmm. you think?
0: Absolutely. And I would add to your ad, it's like not being afraid of you know, opening up the hood and looking underneath because it's not our suffering or obstacles that make us quote unquote weak. It's the avoidance of it or the avoidance of actually addressing it that make us weak or to draw, be driven to these unsavory kind of obsessions.
1: The guilt alone. I mean, the guilt is uh, for me. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like the guilt is like you said, not realizing it, not, doing yeah. it, not opening that and it's looking hood and looking at it like, mm-hmm. Oh, shit, this is broken. Mm-hmm. I need to fix it. I need to get help and fix it.
0: That's right. And it's often inherited as well. I mean, just so we have to parse out too, like, well, where did you first hear these messages or these thoughts? And forgive finding a path of forgiveness, not for maybe the other person or people who hurt you, but for yourself so that you can move forward. And like you said, like releasing that guilt and shame.
1: Wow, That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Like just just to not judging yourself and forgiving yourself and being kind to yourself just to Mm -hmm. say that you know okay this is what it is but i'm gonna i'm gonna deal with it you know i'm gonna that's right it's not gonna be easy but i'm gonna (laughs) i know you did which is which is amazing um so tell us a little bit about your program. How does it work? How, if I, if I, I'm obviously after the episode, I'm gonna put all your information and I really highly sure. recommend people to follow you, to listen to you, cause you're amazing Thank you. and doing all these good stuff. But um, if somebody's right now listening to you um, and wanted to change and, and wanted to work with you, how, how is that work?
0: Yeah, so I have like a three month long package, although I, I have some clients who are like, well, I want to continue. And obviously you get access to the community for life. So that in and of itself is like, there's a lot of good with that. I'm even playing with the idea of a membership model, but for now I have a three month. And then the offer of an extension to a six month long program, because you have to thoughtfully consider how long have I been practicing these dieting kind of behaviors and mindsets, Uh so yeah so three month long package and then i open up my group coaching once a year in january there's a wait list for that and i would suggest scheduling a discovery call you can go to my website mindbodythrive.com and we can just do you know there's an intake form and we can go over what your health goals are your health and wellness goals and I'm I am able to personalize. I, I do take a a handful of people, um, but I'm I'm very selective, I'll say, about those people. So yeah, that's how I would start it. I'm shifting everything over to Kajabi, which is amazing. And it goes live that new website next week. Do you know when, when's this air? Yeah,
1: oh, yes, no, sorry. no, no, no. That's 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 yeah. great what you said. Three months program six months program and group coaching that you have so somebody yeah. they have a lot of options if i'm coming in and saying to myself that well i don't want to commit myself to a longer time then you can start with something small but i love what you said the the first step is the the the, the call pick up the phone or like zoom call just sit down with me and let's yeah. just talk and you sit selective now i'm a business mentor and majority of time i tell my coaches the best way to sell is to be face to face with that person. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care what you're selling. You know, we're human mm-hmm. being. They feel our energy, see for yeah. a line. And that's why you said that I'm very selective, which is really good because you wanted to make sure it's not, this is not all about the money. This is about no. me getting to know, Gosh. make sure that we are, we are compatible, make sure that I can help you, make sure that, you know, mm-hmm. I'm the right person for you, which is a lot. That's of- right. People out there, they don't do that anymore, and they just like, okay, mm. yeah, you wanted to be on that and stuff. So I love that you said I'm very selective of who am I taking, and and you have to get on the phone with me and listen down and go over your need, you right. individually need of what mm. is there that you want that if see I can help you.
0: Uh, all I have to say is Amen, Mike drop. Druck- drop moment there because we see these people in our industries right where they're like and I take everybody and it's like really I, I don't even understand that at all um and obviously as we go like in the beginning phase phase of our businesses maybe it's more vague but at this stage of the game like it's about that energetic exchange and not having my ego get in the way of this work so if i'm not the right fit then i'm i'm always happy to send them to people colleagues sources that who might be so that's really what this is about
1: (laughs) absolutely absolutely and and i'm glad you mentioned it because a lot of a lot of time people like you said they don't and and you said no i one thing doesn't fit all so it has to be individualized uh, now, you said the group coaching is once a year uh, and somebody has to be part of your uh, three months or six months program in order to be on the group coaching or not that's to separate something itself. Uh,
0: yeah, it's the same one. Um, the, this one's just a deep dive with like the community aspect of things. Um, but the three month long one, you could either do it individually, like on your own. You could do it with me, just oh. me and or within the community, and I, I do suggest community because that's a whole other component where you're getting feedback and support and you see one another in your experiences and that's really worth it alone. Uh, we we I, heal together, right?
1: <laughs> and my industry is a little bit different that I, I uh, look, well not really, but for your industry it's so important to have that community. From my perspective, if I, if I would come into the community, the first thing that makes me feel at ease is that, oh my God, I'm not alone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, there are other people Mm -hmm. like me that are need help and that are here. So like you said, we talked about that shame and guilt and everything. Okay. I'm not alone. At least I have people that can relate to me. I can get not only help from my coach, but also from this whole community of the people Mm -hmm. that are going Mm -hmm. through the same thing and understands me
0: absolutely it brings to mind like carl rogers like psychologist he said like the curious paradox is that when i finally accept myself that's when i can change and in community when we share this trauma this deep shame and are met with love and truly seen that's when the self-acceptance and love for ourselves like that's when that happens and it's really magical to facilitate and to witness.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you're doing it on your own, good luck, do I, uh, I'm sure some people are doing great on their own, but I would highly recommend you to work with her and be in her group, because to me personally, as somebody that's doing this for a long, long time, um, being in part of a group and just talking about it, like you said, and and whatever trauma or whatever causes you to overeat or undereat or not accepting yourself the way you are, once we talk about it, it, lose that, it loses power. It loses that mm-hmm. power that has over you, because now it's in public. Now people know. Now people are like, OK, it's, it's fine. You're fine. It's OK. And I think mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. alone itself can take so much pressure off people, and then they can start the journey of bettering
0: themselves. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent, because we can't move forward if we're holding on to the same stories, that same energy in the body. It, we have to release that and, in order to build something new.
1: Rebecca, this was such a pleasure conversation to have with you, and thank you so much for taking Thank you, truly. Really. us about something so important, so simple but yet so powerful mm-hmm. that can change your life and every aspect of your life that you're uh working on so thank you for being here with thank us you. and sharing this and i would be sure to put all your information here so people can follow you i will tell people to follow you and and actually hire you hire you because you're such an amazing person and teaching us this simple stuff but so powerful <laughs>
0: Likewise, I feel like we I have some work with you. Like I see you doing big things and I I appreciate I really just appreciate your time you. and what you're doing.
1: Yeah. Thank you for being here.
0: You've listened to real talk with your host, coach and speaker Valerie Malone. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you might also like Valerie's coaching packages and online programs available on her website valerymalone.com. On her blog, you'll also find free tips, tricks, and strategies to improve the quality of your life and business. Take a look at ValerieMalone.com.